Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, and I'm here to demystify cybersecurity careers and help amazing leaders find great talent. This is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We are going back to our roots, and we have a special guest today, Chellen Sampson. Say hi to everyone, Chellen. Hey, everyone. How's it going? So he is joining us all the way from South Africa. And Chellen has an amazing story. He's been in the field just a couple of years, but already has amassed a Facebook group with over 15,000 people that he helps coach when it comes to, it's like, it's Cisco certifications mostly, right? Yeah, Cisco, but uh, any anything relevant in the security space. Yeah, so... Super excited to get started and find out more about, you know, talk to me about how this Facebook group got started and how you grew it to 15,000 connections so quickly. So we'd have to go back a couple of years uh, between 2017 and 2018. So where the group actually started um, and originated from was, if you remember, Cisco was actually doing a, a CCNA cyber ops a scholarship program. And um, around the time, uh, I actually applied for that sub-ops uh, scholarship opportunity. And I was really lucky to land it. And um, Cisco has its learning network, you know, platform where everyone gets together and it's kind of a forum uh, platform where anyone can ask questions and have various discussions on various security topics or even IT in general. And um, prior to that, I was kind of, tampering and playing around in kind of building communities on the on the Facebook uh, group platform. And uh, as this scholarship opportunity came around, I saw that, you know, there was no Facebook group community presence. And I decided to say, okay, well, I'm going to take advantage of this and actually create the group. And basically, I was really lucky because a lot of the people that got accepted into the scholarship literally also did the same as me. You know, they looked across the various social media platforms to see where they could join a, a similar community. And everyone just flocked in from there. And um, through the quality discussions, resources, content, and just being a part of the group, how it can benefit someone, they started adding their work colleagues, their their study mates, um, their college friends, university colleagues, and just it just grew from there. And um, I think I'll, the group has been created now for it's like four years running, and we're, we're over 15,000 members now. And um, it's it's not about, you know, the, the, that quantity versus quality aspect. We're all about the quality. We, we don't just, you know, accept anyone in. Uh, you have to kind of answer the entrance questions in a human form, um, you know, understandable, because uh, there's a lot of bots and uh, automated kind of fake accounts that are always trying to get in there. So we just try and enforce that uh, quality standard within the group. Wow. So four years ago, you started this group. Now at 15,000 connections. So you started for pretty much for yourself, it sounds like, and to build a community of people. Um, and now you're at 15,000 connections or 15,000 members uh, four years later. I'm curious, two questions. You said you, you, know, you have criteria to get in the group. What, what's the criteria? 
if someone so, wanted to join? So without putting entrance questions in place, literally like anyone would be able to join fake accounts, uh, malicious accounts with like malicious intent, like they would join and they would just start spamming, you know, vulgar language, bad posting. So we had to enforce like three entrance questions. And it's just kind of the basics to try and get an gauge what kind of um, stage you're in within your security career, whether you're just browsing or you're you're a novice just starting off, or you've been in the field for a couple of years already, or you're actually like an expert veteran in the field. And through that, it just kind of gives um, that kind of audit compliance check before we accept or decline you into the group. And uh, that has proved to really be helpful because, I mean, in the beginning, um, Facebook didn't even have those advanced features in place when this group was first created. So we've just been kind of jumping on the enhancements and the feature improvements from a security perspective for the group. Um, I do have, at the time when the group first started, we have about we had about 25 moderators. Um, it's down to about 20-something now. And uh, it's, it's just passively moderating the group. Whenever any moderator has some free time, you know, they're, they're looking at the posts that people want to post and we're approving or declining based on, you know, the, the content. Mm-hmm. And uh, to go back to what you mentioned around like how I definitely created the group for another reason. And that, that's a really good point you touch on there because I, I created this group when I wasn't even in the information security career field space. So I used it to essentially level up myself, you know, surround myself in a, in a global online community space with other people already in the field, people also looking to join the field and get their foot in the door. So I really used the group, the discussions, the content, and just observed a lot of what was being posted and just like leveled up myself in, in the security space. Uh, from a knowledge perspective, using the group to kind of act as my online mentoring platform. Uh, because locally, like like I mentioned, or like you mentioned, I'm based in uh, Durban, South Africa. Security is few and far between here. Security positions are scarce. I was just really lucky and really fortunate to land um, a few of my my previous my previous position where I was based and my current position, which is based in Durban, South Africa. Yeah, that's a that's amazing, and I want people to you know I I want to double down on that for a brief for a second here because specifically for Cybersecurity Awareness Month, the whole purpose of doing this we're kind of back to our roots. We want people mostly who are under five years of experience in the field. And we talk about this almost every time on the show. We come on and we talk about, you know, how you can level up and how you can become a person that people want to get attracted to. And, you know, jobs start coming to you versus you as an individual having to post to all these positions and setting something up like this and you doing it when you weren't even in the field. So it just goes to show like you're a walking example of what we talk about when you start your own community, you're starting it for yourself. Other people at the time didn't have it. You just wanted to connect and collaborate um, and you start the community. And now you're the go-to person because you're the person who started it and you now have 15,000 connections um, 
JJ makes such a great comment here. Miss you, JJ. He says, community collaboration is amazing, breeds motivation, and gives people a support group to fall back on. Amazing work. That is so true. 100%. You know, you know at the end of the day, um, firstly, we go back to the, the beginning points, which is very important, is we all have the same 24 hours. And... Um, you know, your day-to-day -day job role really takes up a massive chunk of that time. So you really got to have a passion and really enjoy what you're doing. So that's where it all begins is like, okay, I said to myself, I want to get into the information security career field. I didn't just, you know, sit by, cruise, kind of wait for opportunities or things to fall into my lap. I specifically kind of in a targeted fashion did set things that just like it, then it just became seamless. Like if I look back at it now, where I am now in my, in my career field, um, in the cybersecurity career field space in November will be three years officially being in security. And um, all those various things I did when I first started off, just, it just grows exponentially from there. Um, there, there's this kind of concept at this stage now where I have something what I, what is called passive versus active wins. Mm -hmm. So as I'm kind of carrying on in my career field and in my my progression, passive wins are basically as I'm carrying on in my day to day, these different opportunities to talk on your podcast, for example, and other kinds of awards and accolades, those just come along as I'm kind of progressing. And the active wins, those are like me specifically studying for certifications or specifically working towards uh, meeting a, a specific goal that I've set for myself. And, you know, while you're while one is pushing for all of those goals and achievements, um, everything else just it just like it compounds and it builds up upon itself until it's just a, a well-oiled machine and everything just works perfectly. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And just getting started. I mean, I say this all the time, just do it. People ask me, it's so funny when we first started, this is the, our two year anniversary. This is, we're into the third year now. And, um, you know, I'm not, this is, it, it was, it was new for me. You know, the technology was janky, all different types of things. <laughs> like the running joke is how we still, we didn't edit. Um, and, it's just grown and expanded and to your point, just getting started and just doing it. And I love seeing so many people who are really, really new in the field that are doing this. They're taking their strength and they're starting something, either if they're great writers, they write, if they're great, you know, um, if they do the videography or if they're great podcast hosts, they do that. But it's such a, it's such a joy to see so many people who are putting themselves out there building the community, helping others while you help yourself. And to your point, then it automatically becomes like, you know, you put the energy into working in the beginning and then eventually all these things start coming to you. So it becomes very, not I won't say very passive, but more passive, <laughs> much more passive than it is active initially. Um, I wanted to get back to the group. So do you know where most of the people are from, like which countries or which states are in that, in that Facebook group? Yeah, um, 
Facebook group uh, functionality actually has a whole insert tab and it shows all the various locations. It shows um, male, female, other. So it has all those kinds of cool statistics. It even shows in a bar graph kind of fashion when is the most active times during uh, activity-wise within the group. So the majority is actually obviously from uh, India. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say secondly is definitely the United States, the U.S., I would say I've definitely made an impact or dent with uh, South Africans, uh, also in the cybersecurity space, definitely flock to the group. I always push for that. Anyone who initially reaches out to me for like mentorship or assistance or just guidance into getting in the field, the first thing I tell them is, here's the link, join the group. The group is like, it's been running for years. It's got years of content, discussions, resources being shared anyone can just go in there and all you need is time and an internet connection and you can literally learn learn an invaluable amount of money um of skill and uh, knowledge yeah cool so challenge let's go back to your break actually breaking into the field so you were in it so talk to me about how you, you know, what made you even think about security as a career? I really want to learn about how you went from the role that you were in into security. I'm glad you asked that question because that that's really where the most value can come, you know, for other people starting off. Okay, so before I joined uh, the cybersecurity career field, um, I was a global service desk, uh, IT service desk team lead. And um, during that time, uh, my role often branched off, I mean, help desk. Help desk can be an help desk for a whole range of IT professions and specializations. So I often um, dabbled in working with like AV protection, you know, endpoints, uh, Office 365, Azure type identity and access management kind of uh, topics and tasks. And from there, I really um, decided to make that call to say, okay, I'm going to push to get into the cybersecurity career field space. And um, the first thing I did there was obviously look at the certifications available at the time, look at the exam objectives, start to familiarize myself with what kinds of terms, uh, technologies, and um, tools and solutions are being used in the cybersecurity career field space. And like I just, in a targeted fashion, worked towards that, grinded, you know, the, the CompTIA A+, N+, Security+, CYSA+, then the CCNA Cyber Ops. I actually, um, on the, so the CCNA Cyber Ops was actually two exams. On exam day for the second exam, um, I had my final interview with um, my, my employer. And um, at interview stage, it was like I went in with the best, happiest kind of mood because I passed my exam. And it's like, hey, I'm applying for this role. I just got my certification. And uh, I was showing, you know, while I wasn't in the, in the career field space, I didn't have that work experience on my CV, but I was showing how hungry I was for it. You know, that, that passion, that curiosity for just wanting to hit the ground running into my first career uh, security role. And that's what I did. But one, one must also go a step back to say, how did I get this opportunity? 
So it's a funny story. Where it actually began was one of my teammates uh, at, at um, in my organization that I was um, a team lead for. So the recruiter for this organization actually reached out to her and was like, hey, there's an IT security uh, engineer position at this organization. Would you be interested? She looked at the job spec and the first thing she said is, yeah, this is Chellen's job right here. So she wasn't, she wasn't looking to go get into security, but she knew I was hungry for it and I was grinding hard to, you know, finding that and getting that break. And, um, you know, the rest is history. I went for those various interview stages. And, um, you know, it also comes down to a bit of luck and a bit of someone giving you that chance, giving you that that opportunity to interview firstly, and secondly, then deciding to take a chance on someone who doesn't have, you know, that that at a at a um at a recruiter level you know so many years experience so many certifications uh experience with these specific tools you know when you make your first break into the cybersecurity career field you don't have any of that so what makes the difference is your attitude your drive your focus your your hunger towards you know getting in that position and then just showing them what you're worth and that's what my my manager did. And you know, honestly, the rest is history after that. Once you get your foot in the door, you just you're just flying up the ranks, you're just progressing, you're learning, you're getting tons of experience, you're just progressing your certification tracks, and you're I mean, the whole world opens up to you within within the cybersecurity career field space. There's so many specializations, there's so many paths one can take. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing after that. It really is. And when, some of the, the points that I wanted to make about some of the things that you said, one thing in particular, well, first and foremost, for anyone who joined late, we are on with Chellen Sampson. He is coming. He's all the way in South Africa. So he is joining us from South Africa, which is amazing. And he has this Facebook group. What's the Facebook group called, Chellen? The Cisco CyberOps Study Group. Cisco Cyber Ops Study Group with over 15,000 connections. And I just asked them where these people, most of the folks are from, and they are from mostly from India, the US, and South Africa. So that's pretty cool, nice, diverse group of folks from all over the world. So I can imagine that just the discussions in there, because people are coming in with so many different perspectives, which in and of itself, like, you know, you think about sometimes here in the U.S., we tend to diversity and you're thinking just in the U.S. diversity and you are truly, you know, this is global diversity. So you have all these people coming in from all these different areas, which I think is phenomenal because, you know, you put all those bright minds together, then we can definitely fix this cybersecurity talent or skills gap as well as, um, you know, help help fight off the bad guys. So, um Chellen, one thing I wanted to to reiterate that you said in this is that you started, you're in the help desk, and then you look at the certs, and you literally started from the like, like the baby cert. So you started A plus, which is the very first cert, right? That you can get, I believe. A plus is like the ground, like all the way at yeah. the bottom. Yeah, so, the the engineering, the computer repair, tampering, troubleshooting. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely. So you have that going on. And then and then from there, you just took off. So you so I know that um, CompTIA and CompTIA is the organization that does that provides these certifications. They have a map. And I'm assuming with the way you described it, you looked at that map and it's like, okay, the very first certification when you know zero is A plus. And then from A plus, you went to network plus and then you continued on and you went and start, you know, and follow kind of like their yellow brick road, so to speak. So you follow their map um, to get where you are today. And I just think that for people who are thinking like, where do I begin? Where do I start? This is an awesome path to you know, getting your hands dirty. Um, it's the be- the very beginning. And A plus is not going to get anybody really a, p- a job per se, but the learning and the understanding and the basics and having that foundation of, okay, this is the first one. And then like building on that foundation, I thought that I, I really, really wanted people to hear that, especially the folks that are out there that have, to your point, who join your group and they're just not, they're either complete novices, they don't know what security is, they're just coming in to learn. Um, but that's one of those areas um, that they can jump into. So a couple comments here. So Coach 2 is here. Hey, Coach 2, time for you to get back on this podcast. He says, my two favorite people, hey, Renee, hey, Chellen. Hi, Coach 2. How's, how's it going, 2? <laughs> 2 is awesome. And Danielle is here too. Hi, Danielle. Some of my favorite people, all my favorite people are here. JJ's here. So, um, so Chellen, so you have, so I wanted to make, you know, bring that point up about start where people are starting. Um, and then I wanted to kind of go back to your career now. So you're now inside security. Like you said, you just got, you got that one foot in the door and boom, you're taking off. So what have you been doing? Like, how have you progressed from your first role into where you are now? And then like, what's next? What do you see as next for you? So first uh, InfoSec role I landed was uh, IT security engineer. So the bolder, you know, the bolder, the configuration, that type role. And uh, when I joined the, the organization that I was working for, I saw that there were a lot of engineers, but there weren't many analysts. You know, there were a lot of solutions that are triggering various alerts and alarms, but no one's actually, you know, taking the time to go have a look at those alerts and see if it's actually a credible threat or if there's something very serious going on there. So naturally, um, having the CCNA Cyber Ops kind of global SOC standard knowledge foundation, knowing that definitely um, that is the space I would want to go into. Um, I pretty much created the the first kind of SOC analyst role within the organization. So then I transitioned from engineer, the boulder, the configuration, you know, touching on vulnerability management and working with the firewalls and, and the switches to the analyst role. So I went from IT security engineer to IT security analyst. Now that's where I really enjoyed uh, my, my day-to-day. So that goes from the transition from being a boulder to being someone who uses your mind, the mindset, the analysis mindset, you know, looking at something which has taken place using all of the information that has been provided or looking at other solutions to further piece together the pieces of the puzzle to really understand and figure out what you're looking at, to know whether what you're looking at is just a false positive alert 
something which is triggered caused uh, by like a IT administrator or just an everyday user's kind of habits, or if it's a true positive, something serious, like an email-based threat that a user actually received in their mailbox, they clicked on the link and uh, a whole lot of malicious processes and executables executed in the back end. That's now heading down the path towards, okay, that asset is most probably infected with some type of malware. So that's kind of where it began um, and then where I am now. Um, so the, the awesome, again, the transition aspects, the progression. So I was working for one organization, a global uh, logistics solutions company, and I transitioned to uh, a managed security services provider. That transition from protecting one organization to multiple was was a seamless transition. Like I really, the way I see it is when you're a security analyst and you're working with that organization to protect them, you're going on that journey, that, that long security journey with them. So now working for MSSP, I'm going on many journeys with many organizations and everyone has different tooling, everyone has different processes, structures, frameworks, and um, different levels of maturity in their security program. And working for an MSSP, you're kind of hand-holding them as they go into that maturity, security maturity journey. And it's it's just something really cool. You know, no, no day is the same. Every day is different. Um, the work can just be getting complete at the end of this day. And then tomorrow morning, one of the, the customers get hit real bad, be it from an email-based threat, maybe misconfiguration on their web server, anything along the lines or anything along the way uh, could uh, trigger me to go into incident response mode and investigation mode. And uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah, Chellen, that's pretty, that's a pretty awesome story about how you, you know, transitioned and grown in your career. And one of the things that I wanted to um, just touch on again that you brought up was the engineer role versus the analyst role. And a lot of times, sometimes, depending on these wacky job descriptions, because Lord knows we have we have challenges when it comes to job descriptions and security. Um, sometimes they people equate them as one in the same. So I just want you to reiterate and you you said engineering is more building. And then um, analysis is the more like using your brain in a different capacity. So explain to the audience the difference between, for people who have no idea what the difference is between a cybersecurity engineer versus a cybersecurity analyst. Sure thing. So a day-to-day kind of job function for an engineer is working alongside the, the security manager or the CISO to complete various security projects on the security roadmap for the year or for that quarter. So during my time as a security engineer, I was basically working across maybe about four or five various projects, which directly correlates to the security roadmap. So for example, working with um, firewalls. So the organization was heading on a firewall upgrade and complete revamp. So as an engineer, 
you're busy working with the existing firewalls, having having a look at the configurations, you know, doing the checks to make sure everything is correct, patched appropriately, um, and secure in that regard. And then working towards uh, the upgrade of the new firewalls, then you would be having vendor-related calls. You would be in kind of kickoff meetings. You would be with project managers working out, okay, this is the time frame. This project needs to be completed by this um, date and time uh, in the near distant future. And everyone has set tasks each day or each week that they need to complete towards working together to complete the rollout of this solution or uh, entity. Security analyst is, is much different. So here you have, it's like the byproduct. It's the post completion of those projects that the engineers have completed. Analysts go into these solutions, have a look at now what the security solutions are telling us and have a look at the alerting. You can tweak and tune the alerting to work for you to better alert to true positive threats, serious threats, as opposed to just noise. And uh, it's really it really touches on that that mindset aspect, using your mind. So each alert which triggers can be the same event type, but depending on what information is found in the alert or is or isn't there, then kind of steers the investigation or the analysis into a different uh, path. Um, and it's all dependent on it. Really relies on using your your knowledge and your experience from previous alerts and incidents which you've dealt with to coming into an alert which is completely new. But even though it's new, you still approach it with that kind of analysis mindset to say, okay, here we've got something new. Let's have a look at what we're actually looking at. And that's actually what I enjoy. I enjoy seeing alerts and alerts that I've never seen before because I'm like, okay, is this something new? Are the hackers, are they getting smart? You know, what's going down? And by the end of it, you've kind of pieced together the whole story to tell exactly what has occurred and what has happened. And often, you know, when you do such great kind of pinpoint analysis investigations, often the results in that chronological order that is shared with uh, higher management and, um, you know, higher level attack surface reduction, remediation um, recommendations get made. You know, for example, let's talk about an example. Um, the very prevalent threat of infected uh, USB flash sticks. If an organization allows uh, any end user to plug in a flash stick and that flash stick has illegally downloaded movies, it has um, cracked software, it has games, nine times out of 10 that comes bundled with some form of malware. Okay, so at the end of the month, most of the threats for that customer or that or for that organization has originated from exactly infected USB flash sticks. Well, then you can say, okay, well, here I've got all the metrics. Here's all the results. Here's all the sketchy infected file names um, that led to impact of that asset or even spread. Most of the time, these are worm. This is worm malware. It can spread laterally over the network and infect other assets. Then it just becomes a great big mess. So eventually, that happens enough times. People get hit real bad, 
And then the advisory would be to, okay, you would actually then say, well, we need to start looking at uh, USB lockdown enforcement. Let's start regulating. Let's start saying, okay, when a user plugs in a flash stick, it gets automatically scanned by the AV, you know, just to start locking down that attack surface that is often used uh, to cause um, serious impacts to that organization or customer. Thank you for explaining that, Chella. And so I think people will have a much clearer view on the differences because, you know, different, depending on where you look at it, you definitely get different takes on one or the other. Um, Danielle made a comment here when you talked about approaching the alerts with curiosity when you're so excited and passionate about doing that. Um, so we're a little bit over the 30 minute mark. I'm trying to keep these at approximately around 30 minutes. So my final question, which is usually Chris Folon's question, but he's still on vacation, hanging out on the beach. Um, what if, if you had one sage piece of advice to give, what would you give to a person who wants to break into the industry? Leverage social media. So LinkedIn, make LinkedIn work for you. So you're not in the security career field space, but you've got your eye on company X. You'd be like, okay, I'd like to work there one day. Well, use open source intelligence, OSINT. Start having a look at um, the security analysts um, from that organization. You know, start connecting up with them on LinkedIn, looking at their profiles, getting familiar, you know, with the information that they've put around their current job and their day-to-day -day job function, the certifications that they're certified in. Start, you know, targeting your your targeting and building your LinkedIn community base. Eventually, like for example, for me, LinkedIn is an excellent source of just career and certification motivation. You know, you have so many contacts. I wake up on a Monday morning. Okay, my time zone is, you know, Central Africa time zone cats. But I log in on, on my LinkedIn and I've got an international contact who just passed like their CISSP exam, for example. You know, it's 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 a really great thing to see. And it's it's a great source of motivation. It's almost like remote motivation where you don't have these people locally around you. You might not have those people like in your team, but you use LinkedIn to work for you and it can be a great thing. Likewise, you do the same thing with recruiters for various organizations that you are eyeing out that you could see yourself in. Um, and you just become contacts with them and that you might not be worthy of joining that organization at that point in time. But now that there are contacts with you, as you continue in your journey, you get certified in various certifications. They're checking those posts. Everyone is seeing your journey. Everyone is, is kind of going with you on that journey. And I just think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in the cybersecurity career field space, understandably for clearly OSINT reasons that aren't big on social media but then they almost become ghosts. No one knows who they are. You know, if they're not actively kind of working towards making a difference and progressing in their, um, in their uh, life and in their career, they're going to be ghosts. No one's going to know about them. So I always see it and I always push for, the way I call it is it's like weaponizing your, your social media to work for you, 
not weaponizing in the physical sense, but weaponizing it in the career progression and just overall your your kind of life uh, sense. I love that. Weaponizing social media to work for your career. I am going to have that post somewhere. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> That's too good. That's did way I, too did, good. Did I not did I not TM did I not TM that quite? Oh, you damn. didn't TM it yet. <laughs> not yet. Who's gonna TM it first? That is awesome. Weaponizing social media. We talk about this all the time, you know. So I'm glad you were able to sum it up because this is what you did. And the reason why we're here is to showcase people. We I can say it, Chris can say it. But when we have Chellen on and when we have all the various guests that we have on and this is what you all have done, people believe it or people see themselves. They see themselves in you, you know, like you're the one who's it's been two, three years, you know, Um, it's only been you've been in the field three years, right? November will be three years. So almost three years, not even three years yet. And look at what you've accomplished in that short period of time by weaponizing social media. Use it for your career, use it for your good. That's so, 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 so awesome. Couple comments and then we'll wrap. So um, somebody says great tips and um, Reginald Holmes is never too, nope, too late. Oh, maybe Reginald um, TM'd it. (laughs) Weaponize your career. (laughs) Maybe maybe he TM'd it while we're here live. But Chellen, thank you so, so much for being here. Um, for joining us from South Africa. This is so exciting. I was overly excited to meet you and I'm so, so glad that I I did. And as I'm thinking, I was sitting here like, we should have been live on Facebook too. We should have been streaming to your Facebook group, but it's all good. We'll do it next time. Um, But thank you so much for being such a voice in the community, for building this space for people, for, um, you know, being who you are, bringing this diversity of thought together, bringing this diversity, you know, this global space to grow and learn and you know be a part of the industry so you're doing phenomenal work and I can't thank you enough and as usual my audience here the audience is like you know y'all are like my co-host so (laughs) love having you all here to to chime in on these conversations so um thank you Chellen thank you folks We will see you again, surprise guests every day for the month of October. So we will see you again on another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Bye, everybody. Thanks a lot, Renee. Bye, everyone. Welcome.